Right. <laughs> no, very thanks. excited to listen in. Thank you. I'll, no problem. I'll say hi real quick. Hi. Hi. <laughs> nice to meet you all. Thanks for letting me join. Oh, please. Yeah, we're happy that okay. you can join. So, um, and thank you so much, Lynn, for allowing me to do this and share my project with you all. I'm so like honored to have your attention for this period of time. Um, I credit Shakers Anonymous with keeping me informed and positive and optimistic, despite having Parkinson's. And during our conversations in the group, I'm always struck by both how different our experiences are, yet how there are always some common experiences that we do share. And that is kind of where I kicked off with doing this semaphore project. I wanted to express, you know, what I feel feels different to me after having been diagnosed. Um, so my plan is to read my statement about the project, then share with you 35 images and say a few words as I'm going through. Tell me if I'm going too slow or too fast with the images. And then I would love to have your feedback in a discussion afterwards. I, I'm so curious if the images mean anything to you. Um, in particular as an audience who's had a similar experience. So um, I guess I'll share my screen. Yeah, I put you on share, so you should be able to share. Okay, let me just get to the statement alone first. Okay. I have two screens, which is good and bad. <laughs> uh, well, okay, can you see that? Look at how big mine is. Can you see oh. the black text? Now we can. Now we can. Now we can. Okay. All right, terrific. Okay, so Semaphore examines the shift in my perspective after having been diagnosed five years ago with Parkinson's. Through images, I consider what it means to integrate this life-altering information into my sense of self. What does acceptance look like? Post-diagnosis, everyday items and experiences take on new meaning. New tasks top my to-do list each day. Simple tools now represent challenge and uncertainty pervades the periphery surfacing my vulnerability. As I look around me, the branches of trees become networks of neurons or resemble tendons in my wrist imaged by MRI. Acknowledging these signals facilitates the process of adaptation. Optimism holds the key for me right now. Light, always an inspiration, illuminates a path for me to follow and I go. With this project, I aim to connect with others whose journeys also require patience, perseverance, and I have to move one monitor. Yeah, growth, patience, and perseverance to move forward. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so I will now start with the images, I think. Okay, there we go. Just move that forward. So uh, here I, I sit in the room where I like to meditate and thankfully the mor morning light is beautiful there. I feel like the images are serving as metaphors. So this kind of means to me things like accepting my white hair, you know, simplifying my life. A nest for me references 
a protected space. And this is one of those trees that I think looks like neurons and I particularly like how the wires are there to help it not fall down. <laughs> That's in my yard. I think this represents falling down, <laughs> also building up and kind of, I look at the blocks like vertebrae. This was one of those miracles that I found in, in our fence that I hadn't looked at in a while because it's behind some trees, but uh, this grew right through the fence. So that represents adaptation to me. Self-care, pampering, um, you know, enjoying relaxing moment. In this picture, I was humored to find out that this number 54 is so is really one of two numbers you can really see there. But I was 54 when I took it. Um, and measuring tapes reference for me, you know, standards, you know, also limitations, like I can measure the differences in the left and right side of my body, for example, these days. This is just the shoulder impingement I've been working to cure. The frustration of communication, even though I have a computer, it feels like an old typewriter. <laughs> it's hard to use the computer more so than before. Connecting with one of my oldest friends, how important that is. This is an old tire that I decided I needed to photograph before throwing out. Um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed making something playful from it, even though it's all worn out. This was a little genetic test that I did. They needed some, uh, I guess, fibroblasts is what they were looking for. <laughs> That's what they were gonna take from the skin that they took out. Here's one of those images about light, you know, just walking along the, the road and seeing something like that makes it feel like something to pay attention to, something that can be inspiring. For this shot, I took over a half hour or so that I was writing, I took some of the typos that I made I particularly tend to do double letters um, or keep the first two letters um, capitalized. And the bottom, it says reference the elf, but of course that was supposed to be self. The challenge of using knives and other tools this is connecting with my child. Tea time with the sun streaming in. The moon definitely serves as a reminder of time passing for me. It's also so beautiful. My companion, <laughs> talk about connecting. This, um, you know, we, we got a new mattress and it came in this humongous box. And I was like, you know, particularly what happened to me over COVID was I, on Memorial Day, I broke my heel. 
So all of a sudden, you know, the medicine of exercise was severely limited for about three months. Um, so I felt boxed in. I started to play with some of my, um, you know, things I remembered from childhood, like these are Cuisinaire rods. Um, the red ones are turned up. So they're actually higher than the other ones, but. I'm curious if any of you can recognize what this thing is. Another tool that's frustrating to use. <laughs> it's a whisk. Oh. Beehive. This is a wasp's nest, which I found, you know, fascinating but horrifying. Meditation bowl. This branch that's white is part of this other, the rest of the tree, but for some reason the bark fell off and we're not quite clear why. I think the, this orangey yellow represents caution. And what's really fun for me, I think I can do this. You can see my house reflected in this glass bead. I mean, sorry, ice bead on the top of that. I was playing around with light and dark and, you know, things like light at the end of the tunnel or just different ways of looking at positive and negative and was fascinated to make this picture. This is um, a lace that was my grandmother's who was sort of petite like me and she taught me how to sew, which of course I've now forgotten. I mean, in terms of using the, using the sewing machine. <laughs> but that um, seam down the center is about uprightness. That's, you know, connecting with my husband, pulling the layers away of the bark. This broken mirror, I had to get someone else to break because I was too suspicious to do it myself, but <laughs> I was trying to represent that ominous feeling of not knowing what the future will bring and how will I progress with this? Doing buttons. Again, the neurons. And this is the MRI that told me I had, did not have a brain tumor <laughs> and therefore I had Parkinson's. But um, when I got the disc, I was able to look at the image in several different ways. So I don't know actually what these colorful dots are meant to represent, um, but I thought it was a cooler way of looking at it than making it black and white. So now I think that's the last one. So that's, that's the road show. So I thought it would be interesting to know what you guys experienced looking at it. Yes, I think you could turn it on. Just on the... Should I stop sharing? It's fine. Lynn, I think you're muted. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were talking to someone else. So like, 
so because you this is a little bit different than what you typically photograph right this is like a yeah. different direction for you mm -hmm. and what what was there something specific that inspired you or just something that that suddenly came to you or was it gradual or like how did this come about in in as far as an inspiration well you? i um I take a workshop, a photography workshop with a wonderful woman named Sandy Haber Fifield, who's a photographic artist. And um, I did go to graduate school for photography. Um, so I have been a photographer for a long time, but as Lynn said, I, I focused on different things, mostly landscapes in the last 20 years or 15 years. Um, but we had an assignment to photograph. We each had to turn in two adjectives that described us. And then she swapped, you know, gave each of us someone else to do their metaphors. So I was given nurturing and um, optimistic. And I knew exactly which person in the class that was. <laughs> and I set out to make images that showed that. And I found that challenging and interesting to see what came, you know, and that's how I actually got the picture here with the um with this that was one one of the images that earlier I had no black in it and it was just like light at the end of the tunnel and so then I felt like I was kind of speaking in code to myself that this was like kind of like a morse code and I was looking for ways to represent all the things that inspire me I didn't want to just document like you know, my body falling apart from Parkinson's. I wanted to document things that keep me on track or are part of the process, but not so much like, like, you know, a whisk is now an annoying tool, but it's also a challenge and an opportunity to build neuroplasticity, <laughs> new, new, uh, you know, you're supposed to do the things that are hard so that you can do them better and maintain the ability to do them at all. Um, so I tried to picture things that I found relevant to my daily experience that I feel are about how I look at the world differently now. Um, and what I found was that I couldn't stop taking pictures. I was like, oh my God, look, the light and my the steam from my tea, I have to capture that. You know, <laughs> I would roll out of bed and I'd be like, look at the shadow in, you know, from our arched window. And in each case, you know, I didn't always keep all the images, but it was just, it was sort of like something that just had to come out of me. And, um, you know, sometimes I would make images that would make me laugh and other times images that would make me cry. Um, like one that makes me cry is one of the wasp nests. That, um, and how does it, what, what does it, what does it mean, symbolize to you the wasp nest? Well, to me, it looks like a face, like a monster's face with an eye right here. Yeah, right there. And a mouth here. And it's, it's fascinating, yeah. but hideous, you know? And that's kind of the experience. I mean, I'm going to cry just talking about it. It's so ridiculous. But um, I don't know. I mean, some days I just feel like it's... Um, It's hard. It's scary. It's scary. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm often afraid and 
my favorite acupuncturist, who's really the only one I've ever seen, who I haven't seen in a couple of years, but he was always talking about just pretend you don't have Parkinson's and just um, get rid of the fear and you'll be fine. I'm like, easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah. So, Torrance, go back to your the first uh, picture. Okay. You you want to know reaction to to the reaching out picture? Sure. The, my first feeling was you're stuck in the shadows. I'm stuck in the shadows. However, I'm reaching out and I'm going to get out of this morass. Yes. That was, that was my reaction. Stuck, but reaching up and out. Perfect. Thank you. And I, you know, I see this as like reaching towards each other, you mm -hmm. know, Shakers Anonymous, like, you know, it's like, you know, the hand, you know, like when, when you, when you're with a friend or a loved one and you're trying to get up a step and it's too high and they offer their hand and they help you up, mm. you know, I, I, you know, I feel that Shakers Anonymous is like that, that we, you know, we're in, we all know what you're talking about, Torrance. We all experience mm -hmm. that, you know, but we all like it, the, collectively, we, we, you know, I feel like we have built strength together to kind of come together and over, you know, and do the best we can to um, live the best life possible with Parkinson's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I love being here. <laughs> I love having you here. Uh, it, this, I don't know what, you know, this group is just, it's a, it's a godsend for me. You know, mm -hmm. I, I would not, I would not want to take this journey by myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's partly why, you know, making this project, I feel like I'm articulating my experience with Parkinson's, but I don't feel like it's only about Parkinson's. Um, right. To me, my photography has always been about connecting either with nature or with the person I'm photographing. So in this case, it's really connecting with my viewer more than anything else. Um, you know, trying to trying to, I mean, I really honestly, honestly, honestly want to know what does acceptance look like, you know, and this is my, what my project is trying to show me, you know, I think. Well, it's Michael J. Fox um, said something that's stuck with me. I'm very recently diagnosed and he said, people confuse acceptance with resignation, but mm -hmm. it's not. When you have acceptance, you can be optimistic because it's about it is what it is and you're gonna find a way around it. And that's what a lot of your imagery shows. Like the one where you said you felt boxed in, which was the cardboard box. Mm -hmm. I saw the light coming in. Right. And it's the two sides of it. And I think, I mean, you, we all have now more of a sense of mortality and pain and all the things that make us human, but I think there's something beautiful about that too. And you're showing the beautiful side of it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I mean, it's true that I um, am forced to slow down <laughs> literally with Parkinson's and I'm not good at setting boundaries for myself. You know, if I sort of felt like I could do a limitless number of things, even though I would annoy someone in the family if I, you know, put a, neglected them to do that. You know, it was always a juggling game, but I, I always thought, oh, I'm good under pressure. I can manage all this stuff. And then Parkinson's showed me that I needed to be different, you know, <laughs> proceed differently. So it's- Lawrence, I like the picture, your picture with your daughter 
holding the two of you holding hands. Uh, that's very moving. How well, old is she? My um, just turned fifteen. Waverly just turned fifteen, and um, you know, I I wanted both my kids are dyslexic, um, and they you know therefore no challenges right i mean they have challenges but they also have accommodations right so one time my son was asking me who's not the person who takes this is my daughter but my son was asking me um to help him type something and i said i'm the one with parkinson's you type the damn thing and he said well but you know what writing is so hard for me <laughs> and he said mom if you just use this keyboard you'll be able to type better and he was right. It just happens to not fit on my, you know, desk here right now. But it was a much bigger keyboard, and every key you like made practically a sound when you touched it. So there was no question whether you were touching it for too long or too short, you know. Mm -hmm. And I thought, thanks, but I kind of wanted you to like not pity me, but you know, coddle me a little bit. <laughs> you know? he was being really constructive, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So. So my kids are a great support and I wanted to show them in the picture somehow. And this, you know, teenagers don't really like to be photographed, it turns out, I've discovered. So mm -hmm. I was happy to get this. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Susan. So what, have, has there been a reaction to like um, anybody who does not have Parkinson's that sees this? Like what, what do they, what do they come up with as far as, you're helping to raise awareness to Parkinson's yeah. too, which is really wonderful. And so has, have you had experiences with that thus far? I was just talking to a friend today who has had Lyme's disease and the, that has manifested in the last 10 years as like extreme fatigue. Um, and so I was sharing the website, I told her to check out my website and I guess she did it while she was getting some infusion of some potion that was hopefully gonna help her. Um, and she said she could relate to so much of it. Um, and, and then the people in my, photography class, none of them have Parkinson's. I mean, there's seven of them. <laughs> uh, and they've given me great feedback of, um, yeah, I think they, they also, you know, have their own individual response to each one. It's not the same, but um, they help me. They definitely help me. It's wonderful. I remember the first time I met you, you hadn't told anybody that you had Parkinson's, but along the way, if you do do something like this, you know, you're open to the world. Did this, was this part of your coming out or had, did you already come out before this? Well, you know, that reminds me of your hike on Mount Kilimanjaro and how you had to, you know, in the fundraising process, share with the world that this is something you were challenged by. Um, so immediately I was able to tell those handful of friends, right? but not my kids. <laughs> so that was awkward. So then finally I told my kids once I did that. And also now that I have had enough years of it and I realize I'm not in a really fast pace of change, I feel more comfortable and I feel so much better about sharing the work than hiding the work. So mm -hmm. I, I put it up on my website because I entered a few competitions and stuff and I put it up on my website and it's been so interesting that two friends of mine in the art field came across it 
Um, you know, like they happened to look at my website, they looked at this project and they're like, oh my God, I didn't know you had Parkinson's disease. I'm such a terrible friend, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'll be all right. Thank you so much for calling, you know? Um, but they, they really like the work. Um, so yeah. I think, you know, once I, I'm getting close to finishing it and now I'm swimming in like a hundred images I'm trying to edit. And my ambition is to make a book and then to exhibit the work as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to like announcing the project in a way. I haven't gone that far with this, this outing yet, but, um, it's been an interesting, it, you know, by just putting it up there and allowing people to fall upon it, that's been a pace I can manage because, you know, <laughs> I also told a group of friends in an alumni chat, we had sort of an email checking in once a month. I told them because this person is a great friend from grade school. So this is a group of alumni friends and I shared it with them on a given day. I can't remember what the relevance was. Um, and I said, you know, it's actually about having Parkinson's, but um, you know, I thought you'd enjoy this picture of me and Brooke and like nobody responded to this group email. And I was like, did I actually send it? I mean, I didn't know what I expected except for, I love that picture of you and Brooke, you know? But then, you know, by the by, people would call me or reach out separately. And, you know, I mean, it's a lot to process and people don't know what it means. And we don't even know what it means for anyone other than ourselves, right? Right, right. So, That's true. Um, it's, it's, it's been a good, it's been a good process. Like, I, I definitely feel like I'm ready to share it, even though I might cry on camera. <laughs> That's okay. We, we all, we all feel the same way as you. So it's, it's. You know, yeah. And, and what better way to, to come out about Parkinson's than through your art, you know, through, you know, yeah. it's, you know there's, it, it's, there's a communication that happens that you can't put words to, which is defined in your art. Yeah. Yeah. But it's happened to me, you know, a couple of times in my art career that I really feel like I've learned about my life through my art quite literally. Um, one time was I did a project I called Roadworks and I was photographing marks on the road, literally like tar marks or like yellow lines or, you know, um, skid marks. And my mother said to me, you know, that looks like a tragedy on the road, another tragedy on the road, she said. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is about the fact that I live in Connecticut now and I'm always on the road driving and what the hell am I going to think about? but you know, what I'm looking at. And so I'm just my, letting my mind wander. But the obvious point is that my father died in a car accident when I was a child and he hit a tree. <laughs> so why do I like to photograph skids marks next to trees? You know, I think I'm searching for something. Um, but literally I did the whole project without realizing that. I had already made a video about my father's death. I thought I'd managed that, you know, um, but it was through the art that it, it um, got further processed. And I did start working with an art therapist while I've been working on this project. And it's been really fun to talk to her about what she sees in the work. Um, so, you know, at first we were just doing some projects she would ask me to do that had to do with like depicting my inner self and my outer self on a piece of paper that she would give me different tools because I was sitting in her office. But then she gave me a, an, you know, a, an assignment of sorts. And she said, you could just bring in your photographs if you'd like. And I was like, 
ding, ding, ding. Yes, that's what I want to do. <laughs> like, I want to work with medium I know. I don't want to pretend like I can draw, you know. Um, so I do, you know, recommend, and actually her history, she would be a great person to talk to the group. She's only usually available on Sundays for something like this, but she did her research with Parkinson's patients. You know what? We spoke about mm -hmm. having her come speak. That might be a good idea. You know, Torrance, if maybe you could shoot me her, her, um, later tomorrow. Yeah. Contact sure. information. We'll try to get her on board. Yeah. She, and she said, when I talked to her about if she could talk with us, she could, take us through some small assignment that know? would be i think that would be very so i don't think it's gonna happen on a tuesday night but we could try it on a different time of day and yeah. you know if people were interested they could hopefully make well maybe it. she could talk to us on tuesday night and then we can think about putting something together via zoom for our group right yeah that'd be really interesting that'd be fascinating mm -hmm. yeah yeah does anybody else have any questions for torrance about her project i do um, my name is Sean Harrigan, recently diagnosed uh, as well. Um, have your kids taken up photography? Such an interesting question. My daughter loved, well, both of them, yes, but my daughter in particular is using it in an artistic way right now. And yeah. um, it's so fascinating. She's, I feel like she's focused on her teenage issues, which, so it's fascinating. Like she, we noticed that the moon was outside her window one night. And so every time I see the moon going to that direction, you know, like I, if I'm driving home, I'm like, wave, you got to get another moonshot. Next thing I know, she has all these Christmas lights in her room, blue lights. Yeah. Then there's this yeah. mirror. And then she took the tripod and then she had these lights moving and oh my God, she made these incredible images and she loves them. Great. I was like, that is like scoring a goal in a sport, you know? Yeah, that, that, that's totally to cool. To take a picture, but to love a picture you took because it means something to you. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's totally cool. Thanks. Do any of you do art as part of your life in general? Your, or your... Um... Well, I also have a degree in photography. Right. And uh, my photography is more escapism. There's very little uh, depth to it as far, at least I don't think there is. I'm sure someone could look There's at it. Of, I think you're very talented, Paul. Um, but uh, I've recently, just to do something different and to try and use my hands, taken up woodworking. Mm. In fact, I've got, uh, some of you know, I've started making uh, walking sticks which mm -hmm. I'm going to donate all the proceeds uh, from them to Parkinson's Body and Mind. Mm -hmm. So you can go to paulware.art mm -hmm. and see those. Um, the website, I've also got, like all artists, I have a lot of inventory from shows that I don't do anymore. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I will have those up on the website too. Mm -hmm. My stuff tends to be a lot more colorful. I've gotten into surrealism. Maybe I'm escaping it. Maybe it's uh, denial. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I love it. It's a for me. It's my therapy. Mm -hmm. um, I like nothing better than to sit back. And some people like it. Some people say, "Oh," but uh, it makes <laughs> me happy. That's fantastic. 
You know, I, the 10 years I've had Parkinson's, it's come up a lot that people feel more creative after being diagnosed with Parkinson's. It's almost like mm. there's a theory that other areas of the brain are kind of, you know, working differently or whatever. And the people are saying they experience music differently, maybe not artistically, but to, you know, the, as far as doing the active art, whether it's painting or drawing, but experiencing art or experiencing music. And I was wondering if that's the case, if anybody feels that way. I feel that way already. Like, but I think it's something for me, it's about letting go of the perfectionism that has had me in its grip my whole life. I always felt, I used to sing and play guitar and I stopped doing it because I wasn't good enough to do it professionally. So I just gave it up. It wasn't worth it to me. And now like when I was diagnosed, my best friend is a vocal coach. And she said, I saw in 60 minutes that voice training helps people with Parkinson's. So I'm gonna teach you. Awesome. And I find now like my voice cracks and it's not, a Parkinson's thing, she assures me, everybody who hasn't sang in 20 years has this issue. But I find myself singing for the same reason a bird would sing. I just wanna make pretty sounds, you know? Mm. And I think it's true, like with listening to music or whatever artistic thing, it's not a, I don't know. I just, I feel like I have this different relationship with the world now. I've been, you know, I don't have that much time to worry about crap like do other people like it, you know? Yeah. I love that. Anybody else find like the music or experience art or um, has tapped into their artistic abilities or anything that they feel they'd like to share? Well, yeah, I'm oh, I'm reading more. You're reading more. Yeah, reading more. And what are you what are you drawn to reading? Like, is anything like any specific, like nonfiction or yeah, no, no, yeah, non nonfiction. But I'm I'm reading more, and it's great. It's great. Is that because of Parkinson's or COVID? Um, it, it could be a little of each. That 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 that's a good question too, actually. Um, but I um I find I'm I'm reading more, and I'm I'm enjoying it. So that that I think is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. I, I've recently started taking pictures again, and without using the digital, the iPhones are a lot easier. And it also prompted me with music to take out my saxophones that I haven't touched in about 30 years. That's nice. Good for you. Wow. Good for you. So I actually bought some reeds. I still can't. I'm going to, like uh, Karen said, I just want to make some noise. Yeah. And hopefully. They won't run me out of the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> I see your wife sitting next to you with a, a can't read her expression. How is it? <laughs> How's it going? He's having fun, so that's good. Fun's good. <laughs> There's a little history. Jay plays the piano, and we were supposed to, in grammar school, do a little brown jug, but they canceled us. <laughs> Get out. I was playing the saxophone and Jay was on a piano and they, they canceled us. We Is that hours. how you met? Yeah, we're really, really childhood sweet. <laughs> that is <laughs> adorable. Really. That's so wonderful. Yeah. I wanted to ask Torrance if, if she could share with us, you know, it was prompted by Paul saying that, you know, he has fun 